Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health, awareness in men, women and society. First, it started with MAN, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. We've had you on before. Um, it's been a while. It's been a long time um, out there in out there in Liverpool, sunny Liverpool. Is it sunny Liverpool? How are you? It's sunny. I'm good. I'm really good, actually. Um, it is sunny. We've had some sun here for the last three days. Uh, it felt like for a year before it, we just had grey skies and rain, but we've had some sun, so we're hoping spring is on its way. Yeah. So introduce yourself, and um, we'll, you know, we'll 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 start talking about life and and what's been happening. Okay, well, my name is Kim Rutherford. I am a psychotherapist and mental wellness coach. I run a business called Dr. Wise Coaching and Therapy, which is a mental health support service. And I'm also the creator of 8Wise, which is a therapeutic model to support with mental health recovery and mental health prevention. Right, so that was... Um... A very, very long introduction, and if anybody's got, if anybody can remember any of that, we're going to start. We're, going to, we're actually going to recover most of those things. You know what she's talking about about mental health and mental health awareness, um, and just uh, we're here to help. We're here to help those who, who are out there who may be struggling with mental health, who maybe want to reach out. You know, maybe want to reach out to you and many others. So, for the past how many months, what's life been like for you, and what's what's been happening? Well, for me, life, like most people, changed quite dramatically. So on March 16th, I had to um, ultimately go into lockdown, mainly because I have asthma and we didn't want to be in a position where I would get sick. So I've been pretty much working from home. But my private practice, I turned it into an online private practice. So I've still been supporting individuals with their mental health struggles uh, for the last 12 months online and through training. So I've been doing quite a lot of online training and online workshops and webinars. And I made the decision that every single time we went into lockdown, I wanted to do something to help the community. So I was delivering a lot of free webinars and a lot of free workshops just to try and get as much support out there to lots of different people as possible. One moment, Kim. Is this is there something like a there's some sort of sound coming through? Yeah, hold on a second. Hold on a second, check. Don't worry, don't worry, it's fine. Thank you. Almost did a hoovering. Oh, all right. Okay, that was what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've been you've been helping others, helping kind of. What about what and yourself? What and this and is this kind of culminating in you kind of helping yourself? Your your business is flourishing. The bit I knew that I would have to adapt to the business. The business is doing okay. That what it, but really, what made it made me stop and think about. I think it's happened for a lot of people. I think for a long time I was just doing, 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 and probably working a little bit at a pace that isn't suitable for me. Yeah. And so actually lockdown allowed me to stop and slow down and really rethink about what I was going to do and why I wanted to do it and re- mainly reassess my priorities with my own life, my own mental health. And yeah. So I've made some changes as well. Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, we, we, you know, you know, we've, we spoke last time. Um, so do you, do, have you seen that there's a, the change has has it's been not dramatic but it's been 
it's, it's altered the way you do things. It's definitely altered the way that I do things. And it's altered what my core focus working with people has to be, mainly because the last 12 months have really impacted people in quite a horrific way in some cases. Yeah. And so there are certain elements, whereas I've always focused primarily on on anxiety and depression and how I can support people with, with those mental health issues, I've definitely seen a much higher increase in things like um, health anxiety and issues around loneliness and things like that with people of different ages so it's I've had to readdress how I work with people to to work differently and work better I suppose with people who might be experiencing those things whilst locked down in their house it's been a bit tricky working online because it's great technologies there and we can use it but people don't necessarily have the privacy that they need to have the conversations they want to have with their therapist so I've you know I've had I've lost clients because suddenly they're at home and their kids are there or their partners are there or the people they need to be able to talk about openly are in the same building and so they don't have that luxury of privacy as much anymore Um, which can be frustrating and difficult for me not frustrated at them but frustrated at the situation because I'm not in a position because I have my own underlying medical condition I can't just go back to my office and start working with people again I have to stay away for now so it's frustrating for me to not be able to still be able to help as many people as possible so we've definitely all had our um, obstacles to overcome through this and because you said you made some changes and you're seeing that was a good point you made there where you know quite often we don't see that way we don't see the mental health because mental health obviously the spectrum is wide but we don't see that part where we say oh a person goes in and they stop in and they're on their own and we see the things where the things with the families um, where there may be domestic violence or whatever shouting abuse whatever it may be or the families can't get on but we don't see that part where like you said as a as somebody who's trying to help people and they're asking for help they need their privacy as well, away from their own family. You don't see that side of things. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's not a lot of privacy for anyone at the moment. And for those people who are living on their own, I mean, you could argue they've got all the privacy in the world, but yeah. that's not a good thing either. Yeah. So it, it is trying to find the balance. But yeah, it's definitely not been easy. Um, I mean, as I said, moving to technology, that was the easy bit, but actually being able to still do the work you do and support the people you support it's not as easy I mean I literally had a client come back to me last night who a year ago she was seeing with she was seeing me regularly and I offered when we had to transfer onto zoom if she wanted to stay and she was like no I don't think I can do it on zoom yet she contacted me last night and said I desperately need to speak to you now because not having sessions has been a bigger issue and now she feels that she's escalating worse and worse and worse because she's had no support so it, it's it's a challenge all round it's definitely a challenge and there is no doubt that you know post-covid there well, pre-covid we always had major mental health issues we saw the stats were growing and growing and growing um post-covid those stats will be i would imagine increased quite dramatically when they look at um the stats with regards to mental health and natural disasters in general, we always see a t- approximately a 10% increase in mental health issues, yeah. but the globe has never experienced something like we're experiencing now. And so we are really entering into unprecedented waters. We don't know 
really what it's going to be like but what we do know is that people's mental health is suffering quite dramatically and it's it's going to take a while to reduce the impact that's had on people's lives yeah yeah because i always i always said that one of the biggest biggest um impact of this the whole thing um is going to be you know we spoke about this before about mental health people struggling um and in all different guises you know whether like i just said being in doors on their own whether they were family um you know not being able to get outdoors if they can um not being able to just speak to somebody even going to the shop where some people would actually go to the shop and that would be their lifeline uh, even on a without without the the virus that would be the lifeline to get out and I'm going, to be, I'm going to go to shop today and I'm going to go talk to, talk to the lady in the checkout in the supermarket or talk to my neighbour um, a lot of people that's been a hard thing for them to, to deal with um, yeah. so then now you're seeing you, you've just you've now seen it's the wider impact the wider impact of not just being indoors or like we said you're seeing that there's other things that are affecting people and, and the mental health side um, is is a massive struggle what are some of the things that you've come across in terms of how people have how people have what people you know we can talk about mental health and saying oh suicide but have you come across people that are what are some of the things that you've come across where someone says well I need someone to talk to or I'm I think I'm gonna. This is gonna happen, or you know, what are some of the things that impact of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I elderly people, so people in the seventy plus zone. Um, I've seen more of those over the last twelve months than I ever did beforehand, and a lot of that was, if you imagine you're a seventy year old person and you've already lost your husband or your wife and you're living at home on your own already, for example. Yeah. And then suddenly, every single news outlet, every single person on the planet is telling you that you're now also possibly in danger of dying if you leave your house because of this evil horrible disease that's going around yeah. it scares you it really scares you but you're all and but your support system is outside of your house so you can't just go and spend time with your family or your friends or your grandchildren now you are stuck in your house so not only have you got the risk of if i leave my house something could happen you've now got the risk of i'm at home alone in my house and if something happens here I don't have a support system to come and help, come inside and help me. Yeah. So I've been have working with people with regards to, you know, they just built up phobias, phobias of doing the housework, phobias of doing different jobs in the house just in case they fell and they tripped and they injured themselves and they couldn't get to the phone to get help. All of these small things that we take for granted every single day, for somebody who is told they are the most vulnerable member of society, they listen, they hear, they feel that, and suddenly they become vulnerable to everything. And so that's why we see such an increase in anxiety disorders and also mood disorders. So I've worked with, um, I had one client, bless her, she was, her OCD, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And the situation was simply, the age that she was, she was in that transition age of, you know, going from the school years to the university years, and all of that period of time had just been changed for her. Her rite of passage in life had changed, it had been taken away from her. Yeah. And so suddenly she's having to re to reevaluate her entire life. Does she go to university? Does she not go to university? Is she putting her family at risk if she goes and then she can't go back and visit them? And her coping mechanism was to take control obsessively of certain things. So then we saw OCD escalate. Yeah, yeah. So 
it is affected. There's not one person on this planet, from my perspective at the moment, who has not had their mental health affected one way or another by what has happened. It's a dramatic change for everybody, and humans were not great at change, and so we all have to adapt to it in a certain way, as at the pace that suits us on an individual level. And the problem that we've got is every single time we adapt, it changes. There's new rules, there's new regulations, there's new things, and we have to adapt again, and then we have to adapt again. So we are living in a, a almost like mental chaos to yeah. a certain degree at this point in time. Yeah. And do you do you find that um, the, one of the main, you know, obviously I'm going. This is me putting words in your mouth, but if you, I mean, I'm saying, do you think, you know, do you think anxiety has been the main one, the main kind of one of the causes of, uh, you know, the mental health, because we have a spectrum of mental health. So do you think anxiety has been the real f- focal point? I think definitely we're looking probably at anxiety and mood, so, so d- depression, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think, and just bearing in mind, obviously, there's so many different variations of that. We yeah. use these terminologies so widely as anxiety and yeah, as yeah. depression, but there are so many branches of those. But, um, Yes, I'd say they're definitely on the increase. Certainly with my clients, they've been on the increase. Uh, most of the people that I'm working with, it's definitely higher levels of anxiety than ever before. Then that leads to, to lower mood. I mean, I have, and I think it can lead, I've got a couple of clients who it's led to that fear of leaving the house. So we're looking at agoraphobia attached in there as well. And as yeah. I said, the OCD is coming from an anxiety disorder perspective. So yeah, anxiety, depression, they tend to be, the ones that are affecting everything and also they can go along line alongside any other condition or illness yeah. so you know for example you could have a personality disorder as well as have anxiety and yeah. um and depression as well so they're almost bolt-ons to any other health condition you or health illness you might might have as well and so then it becomes multi-layered yeah and, and yeah you're right because i was going to say that that was, gonna, that was my next thing is that it becomes it's not it doesn't just become I'm anxious it could be then anxiety leads to depression or anxiety leads to this this and this and it's a a culmination of so many so many so many things and then they all get kind of clumped together like you said you've got OCD and then you're anxious then you're this and then it leads to depression then and then you you just don't know where your head's going you know you, you know what do I do for the um, exactly. and we it don't... becomes a big web, a web and it, that's yes. what it feels like for people. It feels like a big, big web in their head. They know they don't feel great about stuff, but they just don't know how to untangle it all. Yeah. And how have you found? How have you found it with the the? First of all, we talk about the sexes, the men and women. You, you know, is it is it been? Have you had more than one clients of being more men or women, or do you find it's like? And do you think it's been worse in any of the sexes in terms of? I think it will always appear to be worse for women. And I say the word appear very strongly because women still are more likely to open up and talk about it and seek help for something. That doesn't mean it is worse for women. It just means that it appears to be worse for women. Um, I have worked with male clients throughout this process some of the male clients that I've worked with the anxiety and the stress really came from especially from those high performing males who are out of the house all day running businesses and don't really spend time during the day at home with young children and things like that and suddenly they're 
right in the middle of home chaos yeah. as well as still having to run businesses so i've worked with quite a lot of senior level males who've had to try and juggle these two worlds that they've never really had to bring together before and that's before we even bring in the magic of homeschooling for them so it's yeah i've definitely had males coming through um but it's it always it's always i always see more females but i think that is because they reach out more than the males do yeah yeah and do you think you do you find that let's just say it's anxiety or any of the other you know depression or anything do you find did you find are you finding that let's just say um one affects i, I, I suppose it, just, it boils down to personality in a sense but in a, as a genetic type thing men and women do you find that men um tend to deal with it in a different like you say we don't speak and that so are you finding that the, the, the dealing with it a little bit harder because they don't speak about it I think it doesn't help that people don't speak about it but I think this is you know, obviously you have females who don't speak about it either, yeah. either you're in a situation that if you're not talking about it or dealing with things that is an emotional build up and emotions are energy they manifest as energy in the body and like any energy you can only get rid of it if you burn it off or you release it and so if you're holding on to those emotions, that stress, that anxiety, and any of those thinking processes that cause that emotion, then what you're doing is you're holding it all into your body. And then that's affecting your, your bodily functions, your organs, your muscles, and things like that. So this is for absolutely anybody. So although you might be thinking that you're doing the right thing by the stiff upper lip and getting on with it and just not dealing with your emotions, actually your body ends up becoming quite broken because of it as well and I think that's what you tend to find is those people who aren't openly talking about the emotions are openly talking about the fact they can't sleep well or they ache all the time or they don't feel well all the time and that gives us a different indication that there's there's mental health issues happening there that they're not just they're just not facing at the moment yeah. but I think yeah it, we've always got we've always had an issue for such a long time it is getting better and men are coming forward and it's brilliant and from my perspective working in the sector it's so good to see yeah. but yeah, they do need to open up yeah. a, a little bit more and feel free to do that and it's not easy and, you know with so much work has been done about the stigma with regards to mental health but it hasn't been eradicated and I think there's a lot of people until it is eradicated won't feel safe won't feel comfortable won't feel confident to talk about it and it's you know it's, it's our job me and you and other people like us that's what we're here to do we're here to try and help eradicate the stigma so every feel everybody can feel safe and comfortable to talk openly and honestly about who they are and their feelings and their experiences because it's nothing to be ashamed of mental health is nothing to be ashamed of yeah. nobody get, feels ashamed about getting the common cold nobody feels ashamed if they hurt themselves or broke their arm so why should we feel ashamed if our if our mind is just working in a different way at the moment and not making us feel great no shame from my perspective yeah definitely and for, and for you you're you you've you've had to make changes maybe maybe even had to make changes to your own lifestyle how have you dealt with the changes because you've had to make those changes that side for your business has that had an impact on the changes that you make for your own sort of like how can I say because when I'm saying this is because often so quite often when we We've got to look after ourselves. Yeah. We often say we look after ourselves before we can look after anybody else, which is, it sounds selfless and selfish, but we often put, like I said, I've used this word, you know, I've said this before about the word selfish, is we 
we always use the word selfish in a con- in a negative connotation when really yeah. it's 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 a it, it can it's a it's a positive thing because if you look after yourself you're being self you're looking after yourself first that's yeah. not to say that you're not going to put everyone else before you at any other time to in a burning building or whatever <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. you, you know yeah. you're going to put yourself you put yourself first before you yeah. can help us how have you found that now that your your business is the 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 mental health, you've seen there's other sides of mental health you've seen more people coming forward with different aspects of it um, yeah how you how have you found that has impacted you i think for me there was no escape from it so mine i was in that mindset at the beginning of, well, we can't do anything else i can't go out and do all the things i used to do so i might as well spend my time working and putting more time and effort into everybody else and I was doing that selfless thing I really was doing that normal nine to five stopping for an hour and then going and delivering training online for a few hours a night going to bed and then doing it again the next day so I was burning myself out as well just trying to do what I thought was the right thing to do but it comes back to that core concept again you hit the nail on the head selfishness isn't a horrible or bad thing could be realistic about what humans are here for and the meaning of life if you want to go down to that level is two things from basic human instinct level is to survive and to learn enough to be able to evolve as a race that's all we're here for um, you can add on all the extra bits that of, of love and care all these things that we also add to that from a spiritual perspective but when it comes down to the nuts and bolts we're here to survive so we already have that innate need want motivation and drive to look after ourselves on an individual basis it's part of our makeup to ignore that is not the smartest thing to do because by ignoring it you're basically saying i'm going to put my life at risk for someone else's all the time yeah. and when you think of the word selfless it just means giving less to yourself which if you're giving less to yourself how will you ever be strong enough and be able to survive at your best to care for other people. So it's the world tell, and I've always strongly believed this, is there is no such thing as a 100% selfless person on this planet because we have an ego. Psychologically, we have an ego. We have a driver. So all of us are doing something for the benefit of ourselves, no matter how wonderfully good it looks to the rest of the world. And so it's just being honest with that. I mean, I when you're on an aeroplane they stay put your own face mask on first before you put it on to anybody else because your own survival first so that you can then look after other people that's how as a community that's how as a human race we survive number one first number two second yeah. and if everybody's looking after themselves first and then having and doing that from the perspective of if i do that i can then look after the others then as a community we're all doing exactly the same thing and that's as close to selfless as you can ever really get yeah so you when you said then that you beforehand, you was doing, you was almost, you say you was, I say burnout, close to burnout, and you, yeah, you know, definitely. you was close to burnout and all these other things. So now, are you finding things a bit more, even though you are getting more, you, you, the energy that you're getting is obviously it's a it's a wide range of people coming to you, different mm. people um, with different. Um, emotions, different thoughts, and obviously you're you're a person. We are all people, so we soak up energy. Um, yeah. And even though it's it's a uh, because I can put it this way, I can put it. We see it as a negative energy because they 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 they're feeding us this thing that's where it may be depression or you know um, 
how can I put it? It's like it's almost like if you had five clients and there was all in one day and there was all talking about depression, you would feel it because you, you're human. One hundred percent. You yes. feel it because you're human. You 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 know yes. you'd be you'd be you'd be God. You couldn't be a robot and not feel anything and have some sort no. of emotion. So when you yeah. have that, how do you cope? How do you when you've got that energy? Because I, I, the way I put it is, <laughs> I say it like this. Because I, I, I've, for the last couple of years, I've been working with children, obviously working in school and all that sort of stuff. So what happens is, I get the kids coming up to me, oh, Mr. Andrew, Mr. Andrew, and they're all, you know, all around me, particularly with, with the job I do, which is sports. And they're all there in yeah. a full day. And sometimes, and I love it, but sometimes I can feel, when I get in, I can feel the energy on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can feel it you, because that's what it is. You can, if you're deep thinking, spiritual, you can feel these people around you. Feel it, and sometimes I have to test, like take off my clothes, and you know, do you know what I mean? That thing where you just put your clothes, yeah, you know, you do. And you I do. think you've got to find. So for me, one for anybody who feels like that, number one thing, identify if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Because for me, so I'm 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 an introvert. Yeah. So if I spend lots of time with lots of people. I, I feel drained. I absolutely feel drained of energy. And then what that leaves me is an empty vessel to take on everybody else's yeah. other energy, their tensions, if you if you want to see it from that perspective. So I know for me, the oh, I need to get my rest and respite. And my rest and respite comes from spending time on my own. So I do not want to be with people. So I'm probably the worst friend to all of my friends because I don't want to be on WhatsApp all day keeping up with them. I don't want to be doing loads of Zooms with the family. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be on my own in a quiet space where I can rest and recuperate. That's what I need. Um, so I, it's, and it's putting together that self-care plan for yourself that you know works for you. Yeah. So for me, I know that I like, I need to keep visually stimulated. So TV is very good for me. But I don't want to necessarily always be watching things that keeps my mind working. I want to watch mind-numbing TV. Yeah, it's what yeah. reality TV was created for. For me, I can honestly say, RuPaul's Drag Race has got me through lockdown. Because <laughs> it's just so easy to watch. It's so fun. It's got so much energy. It balances the other energies that I've had equally. So I suddenly have fun. Other people, you know, they watch the Kardashians. Other people watch the football. We can find our things. But it is about having that moment. Mindfulness is absolutely crucial. You can't live your life in this chaotic world anymore without taking a few minutes out every day to put yourself back in the moment and the reality of where you're really at. Yeah. Because our minds go off in so many different directions. We really need to maintain the present as much as we can. So I do a basic breathing activity a few times a day where I literally count with breathing, which is I count in through the nose, um, as I breathe in through the nose and as I breathe out through the mouth, I count two. So it's one, two, three, four, until I count to ten. And then I go back to one again. Yeah. And I do that about three or five times. And what that does, it just rests my mind from having to do all the other balancing and juggling and thinking that I have to do, which re-energizes my mind to be able to do that. But in the job that I do, I mean, I already work with a clinical psychologist every single month. So I've done that from the day that I went into, to since I became a psychotherapist, yeah. just so I have someone that I can share and offload and release that energy onto. Yeah. And then I made the decision through lockdown to go and see another therapist myself. So I see a therapist on a weekly basis as well, just to make sure that I am in tip-top condition to be able to then support people the best I can. Yeah, and, and that's, that's another interesting point there. 
because um, cause I'm getting a lot of interesting points on this. This is <laughs> this is this has been an um, interesting pod- um, podcast. Um, you're actually when we talk about therapist and we use the word therapy because it could a therapist could be somebody a friend that doesn't, hasn't got a certificate or whatever but you're going to them to have a chat your therapy is your chat that let you say your therapy could be watching RuPaul or yeah. you know that's a therapy so you go to a therapist basically really to because quite often we don't know what what our what our point is our point of no return in a sense or our point of um, we're taking all this energy from others um, like say for our work and everything like that so when we go to a therapy or speak someone have someone speak to they can give us another perspective of oh maybe you need to slow that down or maybe you need to look at this this way or you look at yourself and 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 maybe not um, not you don't so you don't suffer with anxiety or you don't because quite often we do like I was I remember years ago I was doing um, work and I didn't even realize I mean I was hardly eating or anything and I didn't realize I was actually stressed but I saw but growing up you saw stress as this thing with you know there's steam coming out your ears and you you know there's there's so many different forms of stress but I wasn't eating but I was still going getting up and do because I was working for myself I was actually getting out there and driving up and down and because I was a graphic designer I was doing all this sort of stuff and it came to a point where I was I was I was feeling sick and the yeah. doctor says that you know have you been eating this I said no sometimes I grab a you know I grab some a chocolate bar or whatever or an apple but he was saying no you can't do that because what can happen is your your body starts to feed on itself um, it's, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, you know, big person. I'm not a, I'm not a big person by any means. You know, I'm quite very slim, so it would, it would impact me a lot quicker because the, the body starts to feed on itself and you, you, your intestines and all that sort of stuff. So it made me sort of stop and think, and made me realise how we, like you're saying there, you're. You're taking the time out to go and see a therapist because you basically what you're saying in a sense is um, you're looking after your own self. Yeah, and I see that as that's my I think it's my responsibility in the work in the field that I've chosen as well. I mean, I you know what it's like to get stressed. We all we all experience stress. When you're stressed and you're frazzled, you can't really communicate effectively. You can't listen effectively. And these are core skills for the job that I do. So if I don't work through any of my everyday problems and issues and stresses, because I'm human, I have them as well. If I don't work through them as quickly as I possibly can, or as effectively, more importantly, as I possibly can, then I won't be fit for purpose to support someone else to do it as well. So it's actually morally and ethically correct for me to do that. But I also, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. I recommend to anybody, if, you, if you're somebody who pays to go to the gym and to look after your body, why on earth would you not then want to go and see someone to look after your mind? Because they're, they're the same, they're one in the same. I've never met a person yet who exercise has been the only thing that's ever made them feel better. Because we're not one dimensional like that. Don't get me wrong, exercise is a brilliant thing and everybody should be doing it. It will certainly help you in so many ways. 
but there are lots of people who go to the gym every day and eat a really healthy diet who still struggle with their mental health because they're not looking at it from other areas of their life as well so for me it's I see it's a personal responsibility to look after myself so I can look after other people and I'd be a hypocrite if I wasn't doing it because I recommend it to everybody to be doing it yeah and for listeners out there some some people would actually be sit, sit sat here thinking well does she does she give the same advice to every person obviously that's um, um, you know of people listening to the podcast when I have various people listening they might have someone might say oh you know it seems like a less than obvious question well does she give the same advice to different people does she give them the same coping mechanism or do you base it on the fact of depending on the person depending on what the person has been through um, do you get a holistic picture of the person collectively their environment and then do you then start to give your feedback and your thoughts on that yeah ultimately everything is personalized to the individual because nobody has ever experienced their life I, i've experienced my life and i i know stuff um but ultimately i i don't know their stuff and so everything is unique to the individual and don't get me wrong there are certain things out there that are beneficial to all of us yeah. and i will highly recommend those things yeah. such as you know eat healthy go to get exercise get some good sleep patterns yeah. Obviously, that's good for every single member of the human race, so I'm going to recommend those things. But what I tend to do really is, it's about creating a a toolbox for each individual and helping them to find out what that is. And also it's about looking at the experiences in their life that, that might be impacting their mental health. And what can we do about those? Can we work through them? Can we overcome them? Can we move forward from them? And so it really is about working with the individual. As I respect my clients so much, because not only do they walk through the door when they're feeling really, really low, which is not an easy thing to do, they share they share themselves with me in a way that they don't share themselves with anybody else. And then they, they give me an opportunity to support them on this journey. And so I respect my clients above and beyond anything else. Um, I think they're amazing, absolutely amazing people. Yeah. And your clients, do they do they come from um, around the world, around the globe? How, and how are you finding that um, the time zone? Because I know when I'm doing my podcast, sometimes I do this podcast, I'm getting people from, oh gosh, I got, did I get, last night I got somebody from, you know, you get people from like New York and different places and you're having yeah. to kind of juggle particularly you know where it's an eight hour or 10 hour sometimes 11 hour difference how are you finding that or you do you put a do you put a kind of um they say that in business you've got to have your own space or you have to have your own set time do you find that you're having to do that or do you think that mental health doesn't lend itself to that no you have to have your own boundaries because again that's part of your um self-care so you've got to put boundaries in place for yourself and a framework for yourself to work within so that you can can be there because there's no point me saying like i'm open 24 hours a day and then actually i've got an hour sleep in between speaking to somebody from new york to somebody else on the other side of the planet that's not going to help those people and so for me it's a case i put a framework in place this is when i'm available and if you can meet me on that then great if you can't meet me on that then i'm not the right person for you right now and you're better off being somewhere else yeah and that's all yeah so you now i'm sorry i'm I, and now for everybody because obviously this is audio she can see me now because I, I thought it was a bit rude of me to do <laughs> to, to do that so 
uh, and I think you, you're talking and I'm thinking because we I think we did this before so yeah yeah so apologies so yeah I'm, I'm on now so um yeah so you 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 put a certain time on it and then um you find that that then helps you but then it also helps because when you put a time limit there in a sense it can help they, they can help them as well because then maybe they can get everything out within that time um yeah. get everything the points of view across rather than it's going on and on for hours and hours and hours and going over your time um yeah and eating into your rupaul time <laughs> my rupaul time i can't take my rupaul away from me <laughs> no, no. no i i'm reasonably flexible to a certain degree because of time uh, time constraints so for example i recently had a, a client in australia yeah. and you know that, that's dramatic time difference from where yeah, i am so i had agreed to i would work early Sunday morning right. so that it would be there Sunday evening but that was the most appropriate time for everybody and then I go well actually this is a, it's an hour of my day um, but it can have a big impact on the next week of this person so then you weigh it up but I work with people Craigie, um Australia obviously the UK the States um, Italy Germany Saudi Arabia yeah, yeah. Uh, Dubai and today I was on the phone to somebody in Singapore So, how have you managed to get your name out there? Because we're going to, in a minute, we're going to move on to your this big thing. You can announce it. Oh <laughs> I see the little jig there. I see the little jig. Um, <laughs> how have you managed to get your name out there and, and the things that you you do? Social media has been my my biggest thing. I mean, I've always had the website and everything, but ultimately it's been social media. Yeah. So I started off doing a lot on LinkedIn because LinkedIn always had, I always had quite a big following on LinkedIn because I've worked in the corporate world for so long yeah. internationally. So I started with LinkedIn and then I now Instagram is probably one of my better places, mainly because I'm really visual. So I quite like creating something visual, putting it out there visually. Yeah. But it's all been via social media mainly. And then it becomes word of mouth. So I've done quite a few podcasts. I've done quite a few blogs and it suddenly starts getting out there. I mean, I'm based in Liverpool and I was in a network once and one of the people there just come up to me and goes, I just remember you as Mental Health Kim. I don't care about anything else, he said, with regards to what you do. I just know Mental Health Kim. So if anybody ever needs any mental health, I think Kim. And so that's pretty much it. That's who I am, I guess, now. Yeah. Mental Health Kim and you can find me all over the internet. Okay, so she's smiling now and um, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do the big reveal. Let's have boom, this, boom, 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 the boom, drum boom. roll. Let's have the drum roll. <laughs> so I made the decision during lockdown yeah. um, to do a bucket list thing for me, and I wrote the book. So the book is called Eight Wise Ways to a Happier, Healthier Mind. Yeah. It is ultimately, it is a guide, a manual to live your life by if you are either trying to recover uh, going through a recovery process with mental health or if you are trying to prevent mental health from deteriorating. It's uh, my model, 8WISE, takes you through all the process of what you need to look at and how you can make changes. It's got worksheets in there. It's got action plans in there. It is a step-by-step guide on how to look after your mind. Nice and simple. And and why, did you, why was it called 8WISE? I mean, is that... It's based on the concept of the eight elements of a wellness spectrum. Yeah. And so the concept is, is that if you can 
manage these eight elements effectively, you can create really good, strong balance within your overall wellness. If our wellness is optimal levels, it means that we are naturally stronger to then be able to prevent any of the mental health issues as well. So I'm very much about prevention as much as we can. Um, I'm not, I'm always thinking prevention is better than cure. Yeah. It, wouldn't it be great if we never had to cure anything because it never happened in the first place? Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's a case of if we can really keep a healthy mind, then we can actually try and prevent mental health. And if mental health issues do happen, then actually by improving the full wellness spectrum, yeah. we've got a really good chance to counteract those mental health issues as well. Yeah. Where's the, where's the book then? I can't see it. Where? Is it on the shelf? So the book is officially launched. It's going to go to pre-order this week. It's officially launching on May 6th, yeah. which is brilliant because that's just a few days before Mental Health Awareness Week, which yeah. is the 10th of May. Yeah. And the book will be on Amazon and across in, in about 39,000 bookstores all wow. across the world. Wow. So it's, it's gone big. It's gone big. Wow. It's gone big. Yeah, wow. and along with the book, I've also just started my own radio show as well. Fantastic. On yeah, so it's it's this is the year for eight wise ways. Eight wise ways to just be healthy mentally. Yeah, and when you did the book, and you, you was it a combination of all the things that you've? Was it like did you have to go back into um, like old paperwork? And was it a case of putting things? How did you put the book together? combination of professional and personal experience the professional experience so i have been working with quite a wide range of clients for the last few years putting this eight wise model in place and and putting people through the program to see what worked what didn't work and how we tweaked it so i've had a good few years of case studies and research to work from and then i just literally did i pulled it all together in one place so that if people are at home and they want to be able to work through something they can do or you know if you're a mum or a dad or a friend and you think somebody's struggling you can give them something that might help them or if you're an employer who wants to because it's you know everything that's happened in the last 12 months has really affected employees if you're an employer who just wants to show some care to your staff then you've got a whole book in a program a program in a book that you can give to them that they can take away in their own their own privacy um and again for all of those males out there who don't want to talk openly about it buy the book instead and you can actually <laughs> do it for yourself at home yeah. privately without anybody else knowing if that's yeah. how you want to do this. And so the, so when you because I'm, I'm always interested in i like to look, look kind of think deeply into things and i when you're speaking then and you're thinking, thinking speaking about the book i then start to think i wonder what she was like when the book was finally finished or the last the last word went down <laughs> You know, I, I start to think like that. What, how did you? How did you? How? You know, was the book? Was it? Was it? Was it? Um, because it, it hasn't been that long. Re- well, it has, but in a sense, in terms of the length of time to write a book, so you've managed to bring all these things together. Because some people can take, you know, years or whatever, but you managed to kind of put put all everything in, into you know these months, and you've come yeah. out come up with this book that's going to be going to all these countries. What was it like? It's almost like being me thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be on the fire, the fly on the wall." So, what, what, she, what, what was your, what was your feeling like of the, the last words going down and thinking, "Oh, yeah, this book's finished." It's quite strange because I did the book, I wrote the book quite quickly in the end because this had been something I'd wanted to do 
forever. This yeah. was my big bucket list thing since I was a child. So I've always thought in the process, well, this would be good to put in a book and this. So all of those ideas existed. The plan existed, but never in a million years did I think I'd ever do it. And it just happened that I met someone who introduced me to someone and it all took off, which was fantastic. But when I finished the book, that was great. I was like, oh, what a relief. I finished all that writing. But actually, the bigger piece of the book is then how do you make it a book that people want to read? So, you know, how do you get those words on the page? Because I've worked with a great designer, a great editor, a fantastic team of people who helped me get a book to finish. And when I saw the final piece, literally only a few days ago, I opened it. And her name, her name is Leah, the lady who's designed my book for me. She's based in uh, Massachusetts. So, hello, Leah. And I opened it and I just burst into tears because that's the moment when you realise... I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I did, but I absolutely burst into tears because it's all your hard work, it's all of that kind of stuff, but it's that moment of, I did this so I could put something out there that can hopefully make people feel better. To know that now exists and one day it's going to sit in somebody's hands, my words, my thoughts are in somebody else's hands, it's quite overwhelming. Yeah. And I, it's powerful, and I just hope it's not rubbish and people love it. That's where I'm at yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be in all these different countries. Um, obviously, it's a. It would have been nice, obviously, when things change. You maybe have a book. I mean, I don't know if you thought about that book signing and all that sort of stuff. And blah, blah, blah. I, I was, I was really hoping I'd be able to do a proper book launch, and to not be able to do a book launch and have a big book signing and, and do all of that has been upsetting. But, but the most important thing is up there. And who yeah. knows? I'll have a big party if we ever get out of this and <laughs> yeah. get loads of people to come along. <laughs> so how, how how did you fam- how did your family feel when you was it did you again? This is me thinking. Um, did you because you're. I'm an introvert, you're an introvert. Do you kind of keep it to yourself first and then spill the beans or? Yeah. Yeah. I was probably working on the book for three months before I mentioned it to anybody. In fact, I spoke to my publisher and, and he was saying to me, um, so who have you told us? I've told nobody. And he was really surprised I hadn't told anybody. Yeah. So my um, in-laws, I was talking to my in-laws and I just mentioned to them that this is what I was doing. And they were the only people I told for a very long time. Yeah. And then when I had to start you know, doing the social media and building all that up, then I started to let everybody else know. But yeah. was, that was the, one of the scariest things is actually telling people that you're going to be doing this because it's that whole, what if you throw a party and nobody comes? It's that feeling. <laughs> yeah, so this is a case of what if I've written a book and all the people that I love the most read it and think it's rubbish or I put it out there and nobody wants it. It's, you know, that's my fear, my anxiety, my insecurities yeah. coming through. Yeah, and, and also as well, your the, the the tears the tears of joy and tears of there would have been tears of joy relief and not just yeah. because you finished the book but there's all the other things all the things that you've been through we spoke about on when we first spoke of your life yeah. and stuff like that yeah, all that's those all things all those things is like it's almost like yes um it's here and i've always wanted to do this and that's in all my life's work in a sense is mm. in this book and that's probably where your, your emotions and your tears and... Oh, God, yeah. It is. It's that reality of, oh, my God. It's it's all out there for everybody to see now. I'm a very private person, yeah. but it's all out there for people to see. It's why I said right at the beginning of this, there's no shame on from having a mental health issue. I had mental health problems. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I grew up with, around mental health problems. Yeah. So, And for a long time, I'd say some of my mental health issues came from the fact that I was ashamed of those issues. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, it's, well, no, I'm not now. If anything... I genuinely believe that experiencing issues with your mental health is like a superpower. 
because you get to know yourself in such a way that you never knew yourself before. And that level of self-acceptance makes you very, very strong. I'd have been too scared to have done something like this a decade ago. Now I'm not. And the only difference between me now and me a decade ago is that I went through mental health issues in the process. Um, Before my mental health issues, I would never have done this. But now I'm like, what really can they throw at me? What can the world throw at me that I haven't already experienced to some some degree already yeah and, it's, and i said this before i said this the other day on the podcast that um nothing because i've spoken to a guy called david baker who struggled with for years with depression and and then he kind of had this light bulb moment and I, I said to him you know nothing happens before it's time like you said there's no way you would have been able to, it's almost like with all the will in the world if you would not have been able to write the book then and if you did yeah. How would it come out? <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Or would you have stopped? Yeah. Would you have stopped halfway through? But now, because you've been through those things, it's almost like, okay, now I get the opportunity to write this book. Now yeah. I get a chance to, um, to, because the emotions would have been different now. You know, you probably wouldn't have yeah. cried when you've been writing that book. You, you know, you've been all sorts of things going off in your head, and and maybe the last ten years or five years or fifteen years, whatever it may be, since you've made that those changes is now with the process of oh right okay now i can write the book now i can start this business now i can do all these things um, yeah so yeah. It's, it's fantastic that you you know now you've got what about the radio show let's talk about the radio show yeah so the radio show is basically it's taken the concept of the book almost to a radio show there'll be a, an episode once a month it's gonna it's called eight wise ways it's yeah. hosted on well-being radio and I think the first uh, the first one is going out, I think, on the 1st of April. Fantastic. So, yeah, and then it'll be monthly from there on. And it will literally take you through. Each month will cover a different, a different element of wellness to focus on and how that element can help with different elements of uh, mental health problems. Yeah. Is there certain so time... So really, again, a step-by-step guide. Is there certain time slots as well where it's going to be on, or is it just... Um... You know, is it going to be a regular time slot every week or every month? No, it will be uploaded on that day and any time zone can get it at when, as soon as it's uploaded. So again, follow me on social media because I'll be putting all of that out on social media and I will let you know every month. But yeah, it will be literally uploaded to the Wellbeing Radio Station on the first of the month as of April. And you can, I think you can listen to that via their website or you can download their app or, you know, all the technological stuff that I don't know much about. Yeah. And just again... Tell the listeners about your book. Tell them the name, the title of the book, when it's out, where they can get out, get where they can get hold of it. Um, this is this is almost this is your life's work, and you've been through so much um, as we all do. But you, you, you know, you've, you've, you've we've spoke on the podcast about some of the things that you've been through, and 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 obviously there have been tears, there've been you, you know there've been like you say your struggles with mental health and stuff like that. And to get all that, until you know, you're not you're not some. You know, you know. Sometimes we have these things where we, you know, a famous person and they've written a book and it's always it's been ghost written. And yes, they may have, may have had their struggles, but you know, it's it's been written by somebody else or you know, a famous person who hasn't who's hit twenty one as a footballer and they're written writing about their life story. And you're thinking, oh, right, okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? This is you, um, Kim, who's 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 thing. So just talk about your book. Just kind of tell them the title when it's out and where it's going to be so it's called eight wise ways to a happier healthier mind it will be released officially on the 6th of may 
and it will be available on Amazon because everything is these days. Yeah. Plus, there'll be the standard like thirty-nine thousand different bookstores globally that you'll be able to get it from as well. It will be available as an ebook for Kindle, um, so you can download it. But it's also paperback and hardback. And what I'm also going to do is release a journal as well to go along with it. So if you want to get the book and actually go through the full program that's outlined in the book, you can get the journal and you can actually use that as your own document to calculate and record everything as well. But the aim of it is really to help you to build that toolbox that you need in your life to help you to manage all those mental health issues that most likely are going to come at you because. None of us get through this life without experiencing mental health. That's the fact. Yeah. So it helps you to do the recovery element, and it'll help you do the prevention element as well. So yeah. basics. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations, and Thank you, you know, very well, much. well done for, for doing that. And um, sometimes we 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 um we don't give ourselves enough credit um, because we're so far flung to looking after others and helping others. Sometimes we kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, it's a book, or it was, or I did this, and you know, we don't, we don't give ourselves enough praise. Even though they say this thing about self praise and they recommend it, you've got to give yourself some sort of kudos for your your yeah. the thing that you're doing and the things that you've done. Okay, because at the end of the day, yeah. it's you're you're the one that's living this life. So, congratulations. And you know, what would you say to anybody now, right now, who may be struggling, um, who needs to get help, or who, who who's struggling out there? I say to anybody, if you are struggling right now, reach out to someone, reach out. No matter how scared you are, no matter how lonely you might feel, or how isolated you might feel, I promise you, if you reach out to someone you trust, whether that's me, whether it's, it could be anybody, there's a million people on social media who work in the same field as me, who will reach back to you. You're never really on your own. Humanity are more connected than we ever really give ourselves credit for. So reach out, do not struggle alone. I promise you, someone will reach back. And I am genuinely living proof that whatever it is, whatever the issue is, you can work through it and you can become stronger, happier, and more importantly, and healthier at the other end. So reach out, start the journey, get to where you want to be. Yeah. And I'd like to say um, congratulations and um, happy Woman's Day. Or is it Women's Day? Women, Happy Women's Day? I think it's... I think it's yes, the International uh, Women's Day, yeah. yeah. Coming yeah. up. So, yeah, so congratulations and, and Happy Women's Day and to everybody in your family, um, you know, your friends um, out there in Liverpool. Um, you know, it's 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 been great talking to you. Um, very Thank interesting. Thank you. Always and, a pleasure. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'd like to... Again, we can, we can do this again. I, I won't leave it so long. Um, <laughs> I won't leave it so long, so... What are we on now, Mark? So we can get, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks or something like that, you can get on and, and talk about some, maybe uh, a crux of one issue that you may have, may have come across that, you know, um, that people may want to um, contact you with. So thank you for yep. coming on and... Thank you. And well done. Well done. Thanks very much. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> we will catch up soon. And take care, everybody who's listening. It's a tough time, but uh, look after yourselves. And that's...